Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Murder Board Podcast. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter, and tonight I am back with Shelton. Hello. And Hector. Yo. Tonight we are discussing Annihilation 2018. If you have not seen this movie, this is your spoiler warning, and if you have, I hope you enjoy our little show here. Um, boys, we have made it to our last movie in our cosmic horror series. Yes, sir. It's been a long one. An interesting one. Very interesting. Uh, a lot of twists and turns and loop de loops and a lot of, a lot of living in books and shit, you know? <laughs> a lot of goop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of goop. <laughs> a lot of goop. A little too much goop. A lot of fire. I guess, <laughs> fire. <laughs> Not enough flamethrowers. <laughs> Not enough flamethrowers. Uh, I guess my my question is, I I feel like we already know Sheldon's answer to this. So, have you enjoyed this cosmic horror genre? I have, I have. I was actually gonna say that that diving into this specific genre has been a really good experience for me personally. I really like horror. I've always been involved with horror. Um, horror movie after horror movie, I will binge all of them. Uh, I, I believe there was a last Halloween we went through all the the Hellraiser movies, which was really interesting. But so then I had never heard of cosmic <laughs> horror prior, you know. Yeah. I guess if you asked me prior, I would have just said so space horror. <laughs> completely <laughs> not it. Completely <laughs> not it. Um, but yeah, I've I've enjoyed diving into this subgenre personally. Oh man, the fact that you said Hellraiser made my skin crawl. I hate those movies. <laughs> they, uh, that honestly, I did like the beginning ones a lot better than like Hellraiser eight or seven. It's too many of those six. I, I think it started getting bad after the third one. I know Henry Cavill is in one of them, but I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah, you know, before Superman, you got to do a lot of stuff before you get. This to was Superman. during quarantine, so it was a uh, binging whatever we could. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Shelton, again, I think we already know the answer to this, but tell us, have you enjoyed diving into this genre on the podcast? Yes, I really have, especially since, like, it's really hard to find anything good in that genre, even though we we did find a bad one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The rest of them were pretty solid, and, oh, my God, I loved In the Mouth of Madness. The fact that I never watched them before is kind of like, man... I'm so glad I got to. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, I can say I, I've enjoyed talking about these movies. I don't know if I en- <laughs> enjoyed these movies. I'm, I'm just not. I'm just not bought into the whole cosmic horror genre. But I can respect it because I think what's unique about it is that you can really touch on a philosophical theme in a very different way. I have mainly with. For all for all of its horribleness, <laughs> mainly Prince of Darkness was the one that had a little, a lot to say. I would say a little too much to say, but it's they had everything. Yeah, it, it made for a good conversation. I like that the genre can make for a good conversation. You know, if we even covered what Lovecraft Country that was on HBO this past oh, year, man. you can get a great conversation out of that. Uh, we probably won't ever do another podcast though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can say I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed talking about these movies, but I don't really enjoy the genre. Still, I just don't like it. But 
with that being said, tonight we are talking about Annihilation, and this was a cool opportunity because, one, I'm assuming this was y'all's first time watching the movie this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised I hadn't heard of it prior, honestly. Yeah. I wanted to whenever I saw the trailer for it when it released, but it was one of those things I was like, oh, that's awesome, I want to watch that, and I just never went. <laughs> yeah, uh, 2018 was a crowded year for movies, too, but uh, yeah, I remember this coming out. This is also my first time watching it. I had, I remember back in 2018, a friend of mine, when this is, I still worked at the movie theater, and he was like, yo, best horror movie of the year, Annihilation. I'm like, all right. I'll catch it at some point, and I never did. And then uh, I remember him texting me randomly, like, well, like one day. He was like, hey, it's on Hulu. I'm like, cool, I'll catch it someday, and I never did. <laughs> so thus, I ended up paying, like, $10 for this podcast for it. So Alex. he he won in the end. So, Alex, wherever you are, <laughs> screw you. Yeah, uh, he, he definitely won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do, like, this little, I know this, this is a Lovecraftian, uh, cosmic horror movie. It's probably the most modern cosmic horror movie that we have to date, uh, going back to how, uh, that question that Hector asked when we did the thing. But this is also fits into another genre or sub genre that I absolutely love. You know, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about sci-fi movies. I'm, I don't like sci-fi channel movies, but I, I'm kind of <laughs> iffy. I'm very picky with sci-fi movies. Uh, like, I don't know. Science fiction, I have things I can go with, and they're just things that I can't. But I do like this type of sci-fi, of which it's called uh, high-concept sci-fi. And uh, it's basically... High-conscious con- sci-fi? High-concept. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was on a complete different like thought of ch- train of yeah, thought. And I like came in, and I was like, whoa. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Yeah, high concept <laughs> sci-fi. It's not anything new, but I feel like it's just been, you know, these movies that fit into this. This is pretty much a new uh, vocabulary or label for these type of movies um, that people haven't come up with until now. Or really, I think back in like 20, maybe 2017. But uh, much like Elevated Horror, it's very similar, which I absolutely love Elevated Horror and, you know, just a quick rundown, elevated elevated horror is pretty much horror films that emphasize the theme through drama. So something like The Witch, Hereditary, Midsummer, uh, those are considered elevated horror. Even The Shining was rebranded as elevated horror. And much like with high concept sci-fi, we have the sci-fi movies that just take things uh, more seriously, but also in a more cerebral and trippy way. Um, so the list of films that I set, that I found were, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. I have it on DVD. I've only seen that movie a few amount of times. I will say it's a hard movie to describe, but it's a great movie to get high and watch. <laughs> I always recommend people, if you watch 2001 A Space Odyssey, it's by Stanley Kubrick, the director, same guy that did The Shining, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Clockwork Orange, one of his best movies, uh, probably his best directed movie. And yeah, if I recommend anybody, if you watch it, it's very long, but if you sit down and watch it, make sure you get high from the moment it starts and that you stay <laughs> high until it ends because it'll blow your mind. We do not condone the use of drugs on this podcast. 
No, we do not. <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, Wink. Forward. But uh, yeah. So another another couple of other films that fit into that category is Blade Runner. I know me and Shelton are very big fans of that. Ooh. Yeah, I love Blade Runner. Um, another one is a, a movie I actually saw when it came out, Arrival. It's it's dealing with aliens and yeah, uh, I remember that one. I remember watching it in theaters and then falling asleep. <laughs> but I but like after I woke up, I was like, you know, that was a good movie. And then I realized, oh wait, I was asleep to like half of it, so I don't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, you had to grip up that other half. What the hell? <laughs> it wasn't been a good ass dream. Uh, a movie that I absolutely love that goes into the alien uh, mythos is Prometheus. Uh, I, it's just I think it's an awesome movie, but it's another high concept sci fi. Uh, another one is Looper by Ryan Johnson. Uh, it's a time travel movie that you, it's just like time travel plus spies and Bruce Willis. <laughs> Gotta throw up in there. Uh, and then there's some that I absolutely hate. I hate the Matrix series. Absolutely hate it, oh. but they are that. Okay, then. Uh, and then, uh, Mad Max. I don't necessarily hate it. What? But I think Mad Max Fury Road was good. I can never finish it though. I can never watch all the way through. I think it was pretty looking, but that whole entire series is just weird to me. Although I do like Thunderdome because it has that awesome song from Tina Turner. I do understand okay. your uh, your reluctancy towards Mad Max. I, I don't. I don't think I actually watched either. I think maybe I watched one, but I feel like I fell asleep during it. Yeah, they're such long. I liked it. I think and maybe then, I could give it another chance, but that's about it. I would go back. Because I'm just not, I don't know, it's it's hard. Like I said, I remember liking Thunderdome, and that's like the third one. And another one, you know, we had a high concept sci-fi on TV. I know there's more, but I think the most popular one was Westworld, which is also a remake or reimagining of an 80s movie. And I like the 80s movie, because of course I've seen it. <laughs> but, you know, and then uh, Jurassic Park. Uh, is considered high concept sci-fi. And the last one that I'll mention because I haven't talked about it in a long time is Fantastic Four 2015. Oh, where they, <laughs> they tried to make. Why did you shows. even do that? <laughs> I I like the movie, but it's it's terrible. But I like it, again, it's high concept sci-fi. It's horrible. But they they tried. I appreciate that that they they tried it, and it almost worked. About half of it almost worked. You're giving it to, to pretty uh, a lot of praise there. We would have to talk about it. <laughs> I think it would fit because it's just uh, it's such a beautiful mess in my opinion. Oh, but uh, boy. but so what's your opinion on the high concept sci-fi subgenre? I have a list pulled up here, and there are a lot of movies that I love that's on this high concept uh, sci-fi genre realm um i was gonna say i would love to watch more movies like this movie like um annihilation and i have <laughs> i actually <Yeah>. i really <laughs> should watch the space odyssey um it's great so that's that's definitely up on my list now yeah i love these movies i like i said i love annihilation i 100 percent would recommend it covers such a wide range of, like, different types of movies. Like, it's very over-encompassing. Well, I mean, I feel like it zeroes in a little bit. I mean, high-concept sci-fi, I'm making my own, own like, definition here. You can go and look it up. They'll give you, like, an official definition. I don't think that fits, necessarily, because they'll just tell you the definition of high-concept, which is just pitching. But high-concept sci-fi, from my understanding, is something that's easily 
that's that can easily be a one sentence premise. But the filmmakers or, you know, whoever's doing creating it will add in so much like theme and detail, much like how Annihilation is. You know, Annihilation is basically the thing, except they don't stay on the base. They go to a, a different dimension. Easily. You can easily premise it easily. Give oh, it to wait, wait, no, wait a minute. <laughs> OK, I, I, I OK, OK, OK. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, yeah. uh, you know, okay, all right, all right. Uh, I hate that you said that. <laughs> I do not like the comparison because if they feel like two completely different movies. They are completely but, different movies, but they share the same premise. Yes, the premise, in essence. Just one is stationary and <laughs> one is... One has a lot more gabagoop. Yeah. A lot more goop. What? And not enough flamethrowers. We got a we got a grenade, but I wanted a flamethrower in this. I'll say that right now. <laughs> I was like, ooh, if we see Natalie Portman pull out a flamethrower, I'm a bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like this genre. But obviously, there aren't. I don't think I'm very picky with it, though. Like I said, I'm very picky with sci-fi in general. Uh, do I like Annihilation? That's what we're here to discuss. But first, we're gonna go to break. And we'll be right back. Unfathomable mind. No beacon. No sea. Dr. Ventures? Lena? We spoke. What was it we said? That I needed to know what was inside the lighthouse. That moment's passed. It's inside me now. What's inside you? It's not like us. It's unlike us. I don't know what it wants. Or if it wants. But it will grow until it encompasses everything. Our bodies and our minds will be fragmented into their smallest parts until not one part remains. Annihilation. We're back, and we're gonna. I'm gonna give you some facts about Annihilation, uh, really quickly. 
Uh, Annihilation was released February 23rd, 2018. It's directed and written by Alex Garland. This director is mostly famous for Ex Machina and Divs on Hulu. He also wrote 28 Days Later in 2002 and Judge Dredd from 2012. <laughs> I have seen both those movies and I think they are okay. Annihilation is based on the 2014 book by the same name, Annihilation, by Jeff Vandermeer. The book was the first of a trilogy titled The Southern Ranch Trilogy. The film stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, Tuvo Navanti, and Oscar Isaac. And the plot goes as such. Lena, a biologist and former soldier, joins a mission to uncover what happens to her husband inside Area X, a sinister and mysterious phenomenon that's expanding across the American coastline. Once inside, the expedition discovers a world of mutated landscapes and creatures that are as dangerous as they are beautiful, that also threaten both their lives and their sanity. The budget for the film is between 40 to 55 million and the box office was 43.1 million. Yes, this is actually a box office failure. And uh, that's about all. Uh, anything you guys want to say before you move on there? This movie deserved more money. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think it should have been a box office failure. It was pretty good. Well, it, let's see. February of 2018. Uh, that was what? Deadpool? I think De- no Deadpool was in June. I don't forgot what happened in 2018. Honestly, there's a lot of ooh. I think what Guardians was that year. No, what? When, no, that was Infinity War. But Infinity War came out in April, so I don't know what happened in that year. I can't remember. There was a lot of movies. Um, Cloverfield Paradox came out that year too. Yeah, but that was on Netflix. So yeah, February. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, it came out like they just dropped it on Netflix. Is it here? Cloverfield. Surprise. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, were people going out less? Maybe. I don't know. No, because I was working. I remember. I I remember. This was before Corona. Yeah, this was. (laughs) It's 2018, February 2018. I can't remember what was out then. I'm trying to look at my posters to see if I have anything from there, but I don't think so. I have it pulled up on a website. But, I mean, Black Panther came out. Uh, okay, that definitely took a lot of attention away from the other movies. Um, dude, I really do think, uh, I guess, I Black, Panther, Black Panther stole a lot of thunder from these movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Probably, yep. Came out the week after Black Panther, so. Oh, yeah, he got destroyed. Yeah, people went and blow, blow some money on a Black Panther. And, you know, the next weekend, people are still going to go to the Oh yeah, I, I saw Black Panther yeah. like five times. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. I saw it five times. All right, so let's go break. Enjoy this trailer, and we'll be right back with Annihilation. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? (laughs) Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. (laughs) 
husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the Shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. It's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. All right, so we're back. We're going to talk about Annihilation. Uh, boys, give me your overall thoughts before I go into some specifics about this movie. When you first watched it, what was your thoughts, if you remember? Sheldon? Really? I was I was extremely excited to see, like, what kind of world was inside of that. Because, you know, WandaVision just came out, so it gave me those type of vibes in the sense of in this area that no one else can really see what's happening from the outside, you have a huge possibility, especially depending on how they describe the cells and stuff like that. It's like, oh, yeah, this could be anything, and I can't wait to see what crazy shit's in there. Yeah, perfect timing with WandaVision, too. Big dome over Yeah. It. I've only watched, like, an episode of WandaVision. The newest one is so fucking good. The newest one was... I'm going to keep watching. We we finally get that part we've been waiting for. for, I'm going to have to see the uh, the parallels with with Annihilation. Mm Because I loved this movie. I loved... I was really excited because, you know, how the the visuals of the... That little realm. So, um... So intriguing. So interesting. You know? So that had me yeah. really excited, and then going inside and seeing how how everything is just kind of like has every everything has crossbreeded with everything. It seems like you know that just screams horrifying monsters, and I love that. Yes, <laughs> oh, but also man. how how there were just a bunch of flowers everywhere on anything like everything. That was so cool. Like, it was so innocent at first and so, like, pleasing. And then that fucking crocodile comes out of fucking nowhere. Fucking snatch it. With the teeth in it. And it's just, like, probably, like, 5,000 pounds of just pure meat muscle. Takes about three to four clips to put down. Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Not even, like, in the body, but, like, through its mouth. Yeah, it was awesome. Um... 
I loved that idea of how it kind of just started. All the genetics were just like meshing for some reason. This this weird impact. I don't even I don't know what to call it. I guess I, what would you call it? Well, I mean, I I think it's pretty clear that it's alien. Like it's it's from outer space. Is it alien though? Uh, it's not alien as we know it. Like as people are used to, uh, alien, I think, maybe like as in foreign. Yeah, the the properties it the properties it has are alien, but like what it's doing to the environment is all on Earth. It's crossbreeding and creating things depending on what's already on Earth. It's so it's like alien, but not because everything it's doing is familiar to us. So yeah. you think it's it's some sort of being that has has a. Uh started a kind of implanted itself on the east coast it's just adapting and because it did it did kind of have of a body when the oh dude when she oh dude that was so intense when she started like at the very end i don't know if we want can i talk about the end yeah you're good you're good okay okay so so in the end when she goes into the lair you know after she she reaches the uh the lighthouse oh there's so much before that though okay we're gonna talk (laughs) yeah we can we can get to it um for me i did not know what to expect with this movie other than i just from the trailer i was like all right i'm expecting heavy sci-fi and some really great visuals and by the time I got done watching it, I was left going, what did I just watch? And throughout the movie, I had two movies I was thinking about that just kept popping up in my mind. This is so weird because they're two different movies. But I was thinking about Alien Covenant, and I was thinking about After Earth. Hmm. After Earth? I was thinking about M. Night Shyamalan throughout this movie, and I was like, why do I feel like this feels like After Earth? And I have a very clear reason why. But I do, I do think the strongest part of this movie is the visuals, uh, and what it's saying, like what the movie is about. But uh, it, I, you guys are gonna probably have to explain a lot for me, and then I'm gonna have to decide whether that bodes well with me, my enjoyment of this movie. <laughs> but uh, just for context out there, just so we can get ourselves a, a jumping off point, the movie begins with Natalie Portman's character, Lena, and she's recounting what happened. So automatically I'm thinking in the mouth of madness because we're starting pretty much in the, the end going and we're going back. Again, very Lovecraftian. That's kind of how all his books are kind of structured. Not all, but most from what I read. And is <laughs> there we get all this information and she's, uh, they had, Food rations for two weeks, but they were inside for four months. That mm-hmm. line right off the bat, I was like, "Oh, well, I need to sit up because that's some." That's I thought some it was there. three days. Was I three thought days. It, the guy spent four months in there after they got out. It, that's how long it took for them to well for Natalie Portman to get out. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I'm, like, yeah, they, I'm already... they entered and lost three days. <laughs> oh yeah, but they woke up. And like, didn't remember setting later. up camp or anything. They like yeah. lost consciousness for three days. Yeah, which is I don't even know how. Like, were they just mindlessly building a camp and getting campfire wood? Like, I'm guessing that was the beginning of the shimmer working its way into their DNA. 
the the shimmer. I I don't like that name for this thing. They could have called it something else. But I mean, they, it is kind of sort of. It's like, a, that's what it looks like. It is kind of a shimmer of the light. And all they had was the description of the outside bubble because anybody who went in never came out to describe it. I know, but like you could have. Even from looking on the on the outside of it, I was like the shimmer. Y'all could have came up with oh, a more. Dude, I would watch this movie thing. so many times. Like I would rewatch this movie so many times. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like they, as scientists, I would come up with like a different type of name other than the Shimmer. But then again, it's you know they scientists can go. They're over probably both. not concerned too much about the name, but more so rather that it's spreading and yeah, <laughs> yeah. doomed to people. <laughs> this just giant bubble. Um, yeah. So we instantly just so we okay. Natalie Portman's character. She's a professor, biologist, former soldier. And her husband's been missing for over a year. And so that's kind of her setup and her backstory there. How did you feel about Natalie? How do you feel about Natalie Portman in general, if you, if you know of this actress? And then I want to ask, how do you feel about her in this movie? I, uh, <clears throat> I don't keep up with actresses outside of movies too much. Um, it kind of kills movies for me if I know too much about the actor. Because then I'm like, ah, oh, he's been in this movie, 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 this movie. And then I'm like, okay, you know, and it kind of ruins like, you know, it's yes, it's an actor playing a role, but it kind of ruins the the immersion for me and with with the movie. So, he, yes, Natalie Portman's like a pretty well-known actress and, you know, people simp over her and whatnot. Uh <laughs> If you ask me what movie she was in right now, I, I I couldn't even tell you. That's how much I don't keep up with actors and actresses, um, or don't care to know too much about them, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think she did a fine job in the role. I think she fit the role pretty well. Yeah. I would like about, to hear outside opinions. Yeah. What about you, Shelton? Um, her face is very familiar when I watched Annihilation. But honestly, I don't. I don't think the type of movies that I watch are ones that she's acted in. Honestly, <laughs> but in this one, which is probably my fault for not watching a ton of movies and only watching like specific stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, in this, she did great. I think she really fit. She really portrayed the different emotions and different mind states of that character very well, and she did very well with the um. With just, I don't know, her reactions to everything felt pretty real. Alright, yeah, yeah, I can go with, yeah, I respect that. Uh, alright, the reason I ask is because when I see Natalie Portman, I only see Natalie Portman, so throughout this entire movie, <laughs> I was like, I totally forgot about her name, and I was like, Natalie Portman does this, Natalie Portman looks surprised, why does Natalie Portman look like that? What's up with her eyes at the end? But like... <laughs> When I see Natalie Portman, I'm like, you know what? She's a. I think she's a great actress, but she does movies that either they're terrible or she doesn't seem like she wants to be there. Natalie Portman, Ooh. you know, I I keep up with actresses and actors, so when I see Natalie Portman, I instantly think about Star Wars. She was in the first three as Anakin's love interest. Fuck. Okay, that's what she. Oh my god. And she absolutely name. hated it being there. And then she's in Thor. That too. <laughs> She was yeah. in Thor, and she's also in the upcoming Thor. So I, I think about her as the actress that does franchises but never wants to stick around after the first one. Mm. Kind of like what you 
J-Lo did, uh, not J-Lo, but, uh, Jennifer Lawrence did with X-Men about halfway through her contract. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I, I like her, but I always get a giggle out of her because I only see her as Natalie Portman. But I've seen so many movies she's done. <laughs> Which, I'm saying that because I didn't feel like she was very strong in this movie. She's just kind of, I, I get that she was playing sad. And that's about all I got, but I don't, I don't know. Sad and angry. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I don't know. I mean, like, look at everything that happened. Like, I know, but like, if you get, I feel like if you get Natalie Portman, you're, I would at least feel like she would give me something. Throughout this movie, I, I didn't feel like I didn't get really much better. Like, you know, she's, I think one of her greatest performances, Black Swan, where she's like, Uh, nuts. And I thought she was okay in those Star Wars movies. She was like 16 when she did them, but like still, uh, if you ever seen her first movie, uh, called The Professional, where she plays, pre- she's pretty much playing Hit Girl in that movie just without a costume, and she's amazing in there. She's like eight, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she's been doing lately. I know, she, no, that was Scarlett Johansson. I was about to say, did wasn't she the one that had the whole like I can play a tree if I want comment? But that was uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like in this movie she's she's all right. I don't really like, get too much out of her, but honestly, I'm gonna say the movie's not even about her. But it, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we're really. supposed to put ourselves in her place. So that's probably why she's so blanket or blank there. But uh, let's get into the meat of this movie here with uh, the whole setup with <laughs> it's been a year since her husband's been missing. And then one day when she decides to paint the room, he just stumbles back into the house <laughs> with another another Star Wars actor. We got Oscar Isaac here as the, the quote unquote husband. And I forgot his name because I can only think about Poe Dameron. Yeah, that was that was me the whole time. I was like, this doesn't feel like Poe. Yeah, <laughs> like, where's the energy? Oh, shit. That's who he was? Yeah. Poe, I remember him from X-Men Apocalypse, where he played Apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What do we think about this whole, like, plot line here with the husband being missing and him just kind of stumbling back in and her <laughs> giving him coffee at some point? I don't know. There's, there's uh, This whole scene I feel like we should talk about because it's their reuniting but you know obviously by the end we realize it's not really him but like i don't know i feel like it's a strong thing where your your significant other has been missing for a year then they come back and immediately start bleeding all over your carp or your table yeah it was intense it's like <laughs> things Rough, kicked off really fast for sure it's uh not something anyone would want to go through not something i would wish on someone <laughs> she handled it like a champ though yeah, she did, and then she entered that shit and bossed up. Quite frankly, if you ask me, but well, she is an ex army personnel. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. She'd been a boss. Um, but with that scene and uh, Oscar Isaac's character coming in, I, I put in my notes. I already don't know what's real or not. <laughs> is he coming yeah. back? And things just kind of go off from there. Uh, we get to Area X. What do, what's our thoughts on Area X here when we first meet and just get used to this whole little facility they got going on? It just feels like the base somebody set up and like they knew they they know that everyone there is gonna die, so they set the base up and then leave and just tell them to deal with it. 
I had the same thought. I was like, this, whoever built this here and put these people in it knew they were going to die at some point and just complete, because it's so open, but it's like, it's just there. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, if, if she can come out of the shimmer, they'd just be fucked. Yeah, like, <laughs> people are gone. It's funny that they just send people in there. They're just like, you know, you might come back and you might not. <laughs> it looks kind of cool, and it is going to be an adventure. Who wants to go? Yeah. I, I love how all the people that go, it's like, hey, I got nothing to live for. Let's go die. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that goes into the the one of the main themes of this movie. But, like, I did I did have to, like, pause it and be like, hold on. They just keep sending people in there? Like, <laughs> keep sending teams of people in there? <laughs> We are I, the United Nations. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that her husband was just one of the many people, like one of the many groups they put in there. I thought he was the first one when they like, started talking about it. I was like, okay, so he must have been like, you know, the first man on site, which is usually how these movies go. No, he's like the group four of like 10 people that's already been in there. Like, <laughs> At that point, you just know it's like, okay, you, you guys, you guys want to wake up tomorrow? No, all right, go. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone feeling suicidal? <laughs> you there. Do you hate your job? Come to the shimmer. Like, this is what it felt like. They, they go just... to a mental ward to, to recruit soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, that's so messed up. Yeah, they just keep, they just recruit anybody who shows up at the door. <laughs> just, it really is just to like. send anyone in type deal. It's horrible. So, uh, yeah. Like the we guinea, get... they're, whole, they're all guinea pigs. Yeah, so, uh, we meet Boss Lady. I put, I kept calling her Boss Lady, because honestly, I don't remember anyone's names in this movie. But, uh, Boss Lady, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. I know her best from Hateful Eight, where she's the girl chained to, uh, the McCready, I forgot that, Kurt Russell in that movie, and she gets, she gets the ever living crap beaten out of her. She uh, played the mom in, um, fuck, Atypical. Oh, oh yeah, that, that show. Yeah. I know her best from her Great voice. Show. She's got a really distinct voice. But uh I like seeing her in pants in a pantsuit in this movie. I was like, oh, she's pretty hot. Like <laughs> I don't know, I was kinda of grooving with her. Uh what do we think about Boss Lady Doctor Ventress is her name? Uh it kinda seems like you're uh your boss lady who's depressed and an alcoholic and wants to die. <laughs> she did not give a fuck about anyone else in this. She's like, We're going. Yeah, she was like, she's like, I've been here for so long, and I want to know what's going on. I'm going in there, and I'm by a zombified, mutated bear. Yeah, later on we find out she has cancer, which goes into the. I'm gonna get to that theme there, but like, (laughs) she, I have cancer. I got nothing else to live for. I'm gonna take all these girls with me. We're not coming back. Like that whole decision, yeah, <laughs> and the fact that she's a psychiatrist too. It's like, wow, you couldn't you couldn't even talk yourself out of that. No <laughs> will to live. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's get into the main theme. One of the main themes here is uh, self destruction, uh, which is definitely something I got from a YouTube video. But it is very true because they keep bringing it up. But all these characters that are involved with this shimmer and Area X have some sort of form of self-destruction. And by the end, the what I think is aliens are supposed to represent... <laughs> are, are supposed to represent their indestructible... or their 
the destructive natures that humans instinctively have or the self-destructive nature. What did you guys think about that? Or did, did it ever cross your mind that all these characters had some sort of self-destructive part of them? I mean, yeah, dude, they're all signing up, signing up to die. Like, <laughs> and, you know, the, it, it really started with her asking questions about why the husband would want to go in there if, you know, like, but if, you know, if he's going in there and he knows he's not going to come back, that's 100% self-destructive to not only himself, but like to all the relationships he's ever built, you know, like all the friendships he's ever made, just his entire life. And then everyone else decides to go in there too. Like, so it's like, you know, if you're going to apply that to him, you can also see it in everyone that's going in. Type beat. I feel like. Because you know you're not going to come back. You know you're not going to come back. <laughs> they they pointed it out to. Yeah, yeah. Like. Interesting right because with self-destructive behaviors, it's like once consequences arrive, we want to get out of that so quick. You know, like the crocodile scene. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was like, oh shit, <laughs> real danger. <laughs> Suddenly I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, and I thought this theme jumped out because uh, going through our whole entire Cosmic Horror series, did, I don't know if we've covered self-destruction in any of those movies, really. I mean, you could probably think the thing a little bit, just because the, the alien there copy, literally copies you, and so you... or I don't know. Well, then again, uh, maybe not. Also, but also, I guess you know, with uh, when the doctor tries to to kind of uh, keep it contained, how everyone thinks he's crazy and needs to be contained, so that in a way, everyone else is self-destructing by not believing the doctor. Does that make sense? Is that? But I guess that's that's not really that's not conscious self-destruction, so it wouldn't really be self-destruction. Yeah, it would more be if like the scientist knew it. It should have. If it got out, it would kill everyone. And he's like, "Oh well, I want to die," and just fucking left it out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the other movies emphasize self-preservation. Maybe not the yes. amount of madness, but definitely the thing. And Prince of Darkness have a overarching for all their characters of self-preservation, and I guess the consequences of that. While this film deals with self-destruction and so everything kind of feels like a choice that all these characters make uh i mean we get backgrounds for all these characters again i don't know anybody's name but tessa thompson's character has i guess has like crippling depression she wears long sleeves because she cuts herself uh I'm, i think she's a french lady she had a daughter that died and uh gina rodriguez character was like uh, an ex-junkie so all these people have something that defines them, but they're all things that feed into the, their self-destructive nature. And I found it interesting because they're all things that we would be able to understand as humans. So when you bring in this alien, foreign, shimmering mirror thing, it's like to them, it's like, well, that's stupid. Multiply. And we get a bunch of flowers everywhere. <laughs> Basically how I took it. Now, again, this movie is very abstract, so I could be wrong. Wait. You had me, and then you quickly lost me. (laughs) And that's that's where I'm I'm at. (laughs) So, uh, man, how can I? So so the entire crew has had self-destructive tendencies in the past. Self-harm, drugs, uh, 
cheating, cheating. Uh, has the wife had any sort of destructive tendencies before? Yeah, she was the one cheating. Oh, true. Oh, true, 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 true. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm-hmm. With the yes, black yes, man. Ah, oh, with the black man, too. And then she was like, you know what? We ain't ever going to talk again. And he was yeah. like, I didn't. <laughs> one girl had a dead daughter. And the daughter. That fed into oh. something. She's the one that dies first, too. So, is she? Yeah. The one that gets grabbed by the bear? The first she's time. the one that gets grabbed and we never oh, see yeah, her again. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we see her again. She's a corpse. <laughs> oh well, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> look, I don't know where I was going, but it's a lot of stuff in this movie. I'll say one thing: the shimmer. I wrote down in my notes: the shimmer looks like a rainforest cafe, but with more LED lights. <laughs> oh like, yes, <laughs> it's, like old it's like if the forest had was like hella bioluminescent, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought the flowers were pretty that cool, though. I thought the flowers were great. I wish that was real life. Um, I wish flowers would just grow on anything and everything easily, just like that. If the shimmer ever wants to hit me up, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm kind of with... I can go with you on, like, flowers everywhere. Then again, it's like, ooh, allergies. Giant and then- bears and <laughs> deadly crocodiles uh, are out the picture. Oh, my. Like, <laughs> uh, terrifying. Um, I thought it was in a way, kind of the shimmer. I also took it in a way that the shimmer was, in a sense, like the Earth reclaiming uh territory. I can sense. see that. So in a, but also so like in a, in another roundabout way, it is higher consciousness taking back the land. The higher consciousness being the planet somehow. Yeah. manifesting into this creature which is i know is not the direction at all that the movie is themed but <laughs> i mean i feel like this movie is again it's very abstract to the point where you can kind of put in your own things in here i think the direct things that the director was saying was topics of grief and self-destruction 100 but I, you can add your own little thing. I can go with the whole Earth is reclaiming itself after getting an extra extraterrestrial boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I 100% this thing is alien. I think this thing is from outer space, and it just hit Earth, and it was like, well, I, I'm going to just keep wanna, on growing. That seems too boring. Alien just seems too too cutthroat, you know? Well, what could it be? I would I would agree with you if it wasn't like... It ended up there, and at that point, it's just doing what it does instead of, like, you know, alien invasion type shit. But in this, it's just like, our I think, is just the unlucky thing to have it land on it. <laughs> it's like, like a reverse mosquito with steroids. That's what I saw. Oh my a reverse God. mosquito with steroids? <laughs> yeah, it just said, grow. I don't know. <laughs> this whole, like I'm not very I'm not very smart with all this stuff, but Hector, go ahead, give us your theory on what this whole entire shimmering. Uh, I was is. gonna give I was gonna give another theory. Oh yeah, good. Just go ahead. Um. Okay, so it could be the machine elves from the DMT realm reclaiming <laughs> the Earth as their own, thus mixing all the genetics of the planet together. To create this almost chaotic equilibrium, <laughs> but that's uh, that's not that's not it. 
either. I love it. I love it, but what is it? What is a Bushido? (laughs) It's, um, okay. Here, let me, I don't want to get it wrong, so I'm going to read the technical definition. <clears throat> machine elves, also known as fractal elves, self-transforming elf machines, or Jenny, is a term coined by the late ethnobotanist, writer, and philosopher Terence McKenna to describe the apparent entities that are often reported by individuals using tryptamine-based psychedelic drugs, especially DMT. Wow. Um. References to such encounters can be found in many culture, cultures, ranging from shamanic traditions of Native American of, of Native Americans to indigenous Australians and African tribes, as well as among Western users of these substances. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a there's some backing to the validity of machinos, right? But the validity of the machinos in this movie is quite low quite low but that's what i that's what i was thinking while i was watching this movie i was like this reminds me a lot of psychedelic substances and uh what i would expect well i guess not not necessarily but the whole the the whole scene where she meets the shimmer manifested into a being felt like a psychedelic experience which i mean the whole movie is a psychedelic experience arguably life is the biggest psychedelic experience we experience but that scene was an intense almost out of body experience of a scene for me all right what about you Sheldon? any thoughts oh my god that was a lot (laughs) I'm going to attempt to try and simplify it. <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to attempt. Um, so basically, you know, uh, Hector's theory is that these are machinos coming from a different dimension. And that is accessed by psychedelic substances. Uh, okay, I'm going to bounce off that. I'm going to bounce off that because that, uh, that kind of simplified, that kind of boiled things down. Okay, rather than some machine elves coming into manifestation at this point, not necessarily accessed through psychedelic drugs, it seems like they have they have transcended dimensions to to enter our realm that would normally that we would normally access through higher consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes. <laughs> I think I was trying to. I was thinking if if I if I worded that correctly. But yes. Um. So okay. So also, I guess bouncing off of that, rather than <sighs> being like machinos, machinos being like a sort of elf. You know, like, because you, you're thinking like an elf, oh, it's, you know, an elf, you know, like a Santa's helper or whatever. <laughs> uh, this, this quote, machine elf, unquote, is just a nickname for a sort of higher consciousness. Gotcha. Okay, so if we think of consciousness in plants, animals, human beings, human beings being 
arguably one of the most conscious beings on the planet. But yet we can reach higher states of consciousness. So there must be beings out there in the universe, as we that know, can, that, can, that have higher, that have equal or higher, both actually, most likely both lesser, equal, and higher levels of consciousness. All right, that 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 makes more sense, and that I feel fits yeah. up with this movie. So, would the plants have a higher consciousness? Well. So if so now that the plants we saw actually this is so interesting now. We saw and you know, I thought about this too. This goes this plays so perfectly in. I I'm glad I remembered this scene. We saw the plants take the human form. Yes. That was a big thing I had in my notes too. Oh we we, so that, we see it with uh Tessa Thompson's character. She's the black chick. She literally turns into a she's like Oh, she's talking about letting go, and the next thing we know, she's a she's a plant figure. Like there, it's a plant, but it's in human form, and they're all in this field. Yeah, did, did yeah. she? She did turn into a plant, didn't she? Like, she yeah, into- she had like plants growing out of her arm, and she was talking about let's just do it, let's just be one. And I was so like, yes. So do you see what I'm saying? Like one conscious. Yeah, because people in the in the in the higher conscious community, one may say. People talk about how it's we're all just one conscious being, how consciousness is just one rather than an individual. We all share. There's a a shared conscious. So if the genetics of plants, different plants are being combined, yeah, and genetics of different animals are being combined. What now that you have humans in the mix, their consciousness, consciousness. I'm saying that word so much mixed into the plants to become one sort of I don't I don't know what to call it. I mean honestly plants are an example of just one conscious because you can take the root of a you know, like you can have grass on one side of the lawn and it'll grow its roots all throughout the lawn and you can have a different blade of grass, but really it's just one grass. One yeah. body of grass. One mass. So, like, we have different. We have seven billion human beings, but we have that one consciousness together. I get it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I don't know if Sheldon does. This is some. Uh, some. I, I took this movie very deep. I don't. Know, <laughs> I don't know about if this is the correct level. Maybe I took the elevator a couple floors too. Downward. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe too high. I'm not too sure. Yeah, but, I, I, I can see what you're saying, and I can go with it, especially with this movie. It, it honestly makes it more interesting for me. Um, I took this movie at face value, thus I had some very harsh. I don't have harsh things to say about it as a whole, but like, it was very hard for me to really be entertained by it because I was just, I don't know, maybe because I was just feeding into what they were giving me. But I like your whole higher consciousness thing. Basically, it's like transcendence. Not the movie, but like the, the definition. Yes, and yes the, transcendence. We're seeing this bubble in which everything can transcend into a singular into a singular thing. Um, to me, it just shows how uh, um, when somebody's like psyche damaged by which is already damaged just 
through the hassles and the trauma that comes with every everyday life, you throw them in some a situation or into something that takes that and scrambles it in some way, you really start to see how that trauma affects somebody and how it's been affecting them more to their core. Wow, you took it in a more psychological level than I thought. Yeah. I mean, um, it breaks you down to your base elements until you're something completely different than you ever were. And the fact that to your mind and not only your body is really interesting. At what point did that become clear to you in the movie? Um, whenever they cut the, well, her husband, Lena's husband, cut the guy open, you could see the worm skidding around all in it as his intestines. And they were talking about how, um, they were just driven crazy. Because it kind of uses, um, their sanity being manipulated by the shimmer as a, like, red herring to kind of throw off what was, what was happening. Which, yeah, of course, that, that is what happens, but it's a lot more, serious and in-depth and how they tried to explain it away interesting because like they're right but at the same time with all the manipulation of hard dna it's like not really (laughs) yeah first off that that scene with uh oscar isaac and his team just cutting that guy open i was like finally something oh my god that was intense dude I, I I love that scene. It was so the the fact that they had the forethought to take this the card out and put it in a bag. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, the thing moving inside them, and then his body shows up later. It's like spread out into this giant fungus statue thing that yeah made me, made me think of Hannibal when I saw it. But I was like, oh, that's cool. But also kind of freaky looking. If I don't say so myself, um, I feel like that was a that was a hard stab at body horror. Yeah, definitely. Um, here's a thought: at one point, one of the characters calls the Shimmer a not only a prison, but it refracts DNA. And I didn't necessarily understand this too much, but what are your thoughts? Because I mean the. It's pretty much like that. That explanation of the, the shimmer refracting DNA is how you see that. Um, and as you see them realize that anything put in the shimmer, its DNA is spread and emerged with something else in some other way. Kind of like uh, later on when you see the the doctor who cut herself, she's starting to grow plants through her wrists. The DNA from the vegetation has somehow mixed with her, and now she is starting to have traits that go with the vegetation. Yeah, which I thought was made sense because us humans are made of mostly water. Yeah, it it just seems like it takes something around, it takes a trait from it, then it puts it in something else and kind of perverts it. I mean, we share, we share a lot of DNA with several several uh oh, I would not several, I would say many if not all species on the planet. Let's talk about this bear monster thing and the crocodile. Let's talk about both of these things because I wanted more mutated animals. Me too. (laughs) Same. Same. So we got – it's a swamp, first of all. So, of course, naturally there's a crocodile. I thought it was an alligator. I know they're two different things, so PETA do not (laughs) agree with me. But this crocodile had – 
again, it's a swamp, but it somehow mutated to have shark teeth. Is that what I is that what I understood what was happening there? Yeah, which um, it's not about where you are on the shimmer is what I kind of noticed from that. The fact that the shimmer landed in the white in a, in a lighthouse, and the lighthouse is near the ocean. Therefore, you take a shark in the ocean, its DNA is picked up by the shimmer and refracted, and it just ends up in something else. I totally very forgot. very interesting how DNA can travel through the shimmer. I totally forgot there was a lighthouse in this movie. <laughs> but it it seems like the shimmer is like a pet a petri pet petri dish, you know, one of those little circular dishes that you use to um look at cells, like, yeah. Look at bacteria yeah. and cells and things like that. Think of the shimmer as a petri dish and any sort of DNA in it can be refracted and shifted into anything else in that whole area. Yeah. Like this movie goes all wild. It is very wild. I like the fact that the bear can mimic people and then that's like it tore that out the, the throat. Yeah, it tore out the throat and it was able to mimic people. Like that was fun. I was like, oh I crap. That bitch came back to life. <laughs> that was terrifying. That was awesome. I was like, yes, give me more. But it instead was a perfectly emotional scene too. Yeah, she went nuts. Like, okay, I didn't understand why they didn't, she didn't trust them to know that her husband came back from the thing in the first place. Like, I was like, why not just tell them? And then they keep giving me, like, other reasons why they shouldn't, but I didn't understand necessarily. And then right when she finds out, she tapes them all to a chair and they're like, holds them at gunpoint. I'm like, okay, what is happening here? It's the same reason that the, um, the main doctor, the one, the leader of the whole, like expedition shit and all that the whole reason she didn't tell them she had cancer because then it's like if you know you're going to somewhere that's extremely hostile and dangerous with a low chance of coming back you don't want the people to go in with you to be people who don't care if they make it back or not because then they're not looking out for your best interest then again it's like if you know there's been several groups that have gone in and come back what did you expect? I mean, the variables don't seem to change. They don't know the properties of it because they don't know the properties of it. They don't know if it's dangerous or if they're they, – they have no idea why they didn't come back. Uh, I, I guess. I guess. Okay, look, I'm going to get into my full thoughts on this movie, and then I'm going to ask you guys some more things that I didn't understand. But I think this movie, again, it's high-concept sci-fi, so I was able to go with most of it. But I feel this movie moves way too slow, especially once we start this whole expedition. There are moments where things speed up that I appreciate, like the crocodile, like the the bear, like the um the conversation between the psychiatrist and Lena. I even like when she did get cut, and I'm like, okay, that's definitely gonna come back. And now that I think about it, if the chick had cancer and lived, would they all be infected with cancer? <laughs> Like would that just be? Would it just would the shimmer just self destruct at that point if she was alive enough to like spread the cancer in her DNA? Like what would happen then? Well, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like um the whole thing with the the cancer cells and stuff like that is like the shimmer isn't it's it's not made up of any cells that are destructive in a way. That's why they kept talking about self destructive tendencies and how. And it, it's, and it shows you that in those characters. It's kind of showing you that 
you know, the shimmer do- has cells in it that don't have the same de- self-destructive tendency as our cells do to, you know, grow to a certain age and then die. Instead of it, instead of our so how our cells self-destruct, the shimmer just keeps on going. The cells never die. They never self-destruct. Okay, that makes... Well, what do you think, Hector? Where do you lean on this? Uh... <laughs> I I never I never got that uh that self destructive tendencies were in our genes. Really? You don't think? I mean, I guess it's more like philosophy, or I don't know. You don't think humans like naturally are self destructive? Yeah. Is nature self destructive? Hmm, that's interesting because I would say nature often has a way of correcting itself. So so what is what is the difference? between saying human nature is self-destructive and nature is self-destructive. I think oh, I might go back to your whole consciousness thing. Since we think we have that high consciousness, we can experiment. I while... would tell you that lower consciousness leads to self-destructive tendencies. Yeah, so it's kind of like... Uh... Nope, I'm not going to say that. That might be offensive. I I think it could be more of either way, though. Because there's some that their lack of consciousness leaves them content, whereas people who feel as though or do have a higher sense of consciousness, it leaves them feeling unfulfilled. So this is like ignorance is bliss. It can be that way. Sort of situation. Yeah, we have a giant bubble that expands. (laughs) The shimmering bubble. I, that kills me, the shimmering bubble. Um, okay, so we've, we've gone, we've waxed about all of the major themes in this movie, which is just lots of craziness. Some crazy ass themes. Yeah, this is, I feel like this is the hardest out of the movies we've done to talk about without having other people seeing it. And I mean, we've, we're trying our you best have here. To, you have to have seen this movie. It's fucking wild. I hope my, my talk of Machinos and DMT and it's like, that's uh, what you lost me. I was like, whoa. You you <laughs> have to. And you that's have what to helped do, me. You My have to do enough psychedelics and or God took acid and started fucking with shit. <laughs> if you reach a deep enough state of meditation or a deep enough state, a deep enough psychedelic state, because even when you do reach a deep state of meditation, your brain is releasing more DMT than is ever normally released. Um, so it would be a deep psychedelic state. Um, you would understand what I'm referencing. But I feel as if I'm the only one here who has reached such a state. So I'm going to leave that for the listener <laughs> to try to relate to and or uh, just leave so it in the air for anyone to uh, to catch. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I, I, can, I can go with it, uh, but, but I, was, I don't wild. fully understand. Yeah, I, I don't probably really don't get it. Yeah. Well, no, no, I explained it pretty well actually. Yeah. But see, I'm not the first. I'm not the only one to have like. You know what I'm saying? Makes well, sense. If shamans in Native America have been talking about these creatures before me. It only reaffirms. It's just interesting that this is a shared experience, you know? Yeah. Like it's not just one person being like, 
oh, there were these beings. It's like more there's one person left, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, while they're in there talking about it, they're kind of they're all witnessing it, even though they lack the desire to acknowledge it. Look, I don't know. Look, when I got to the end and all the stuff was happening, when her and her blood went into the giant thing, all <laughs> that was it, a lot. That, that was, was whoa. It was trippy, but I was like, when it materialized into a, the form of a human, I was like, "Did is that is that C three PO?" Like I don't know. Oh, it did kind of look like that. Also. That I also thought about. I also thought about Eternity from the Marvel comics, which is just like space itself as a human. But like, uh, this movie has so much. But I feel like it's it's not as dense as I'm giving it off to be. I feel like it's easy to understand while also you're able to insert, like we've been doing this entire podcast, insert your different... This movie's about cancer. <laughs> obviously, I've taken it to levels of which no one has expected. I still think it's about self-destruction. I think at the end, we're... It's a... It's humanity in itself in its self-destructing ways confronted with something that knows that doesn't know how to self-destruct which is alien or this alien figure and thus it takes what the humans give and duplicates it in a way i don't it's a lot so in the end is it like done that's what i'm the shimmer's gone but it looks like um Oscar Isaac's character and Lena, or um, I forget what the dude's name is, but yeah, but between them two, it seems as though they're they're both things that. Well, Oscar Isaac's character is literally a manifestation from the Shimmer. So is completely her. made up from it. Lena, oh. she she actually made it out. She made it out. Okay, yeah. She made it out herself because it. There's no point at any time you see them switch spots and then that thing turns back into its original form when it's burning. So yeah. we, we can tell that she makes it out herself somehow. It just seems like, even though they seem like they are both affected and completely the same because of their behavior and their eyes shimmering, it seems yeah. as though it, the movie's trying to portray to us that he is something completely produced from it, but... The changes that happen to him are just as likely to happen to a normal person who has simply been exposed for too long. The way They're I one and the it, same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that. The way I the way I take it is that they're both. He is a product of the shimmer, while she is mutated from it. We see her kind of mutating at the end with the whole water. Oh, thing. wait, sorry, sorry, just because this is fucking insane, right? The tattoo that Lena has. At the end of the movie on her arm, she didn't have that tattoo through the movie. It was the it was a tattoo from one of the other characters. Uh, I didn't catch that. Didn't yeah. Catch that. So the the shimmer took that part of one of the other um, scientists or academics um, DNA and applied it. The fract it it fractaled whatever the fuck it into her. So the shared DNA isn't just from different things. It's from anything it collects from. Okay. I think by the end, we have Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. Their characters, the way I understood is that their characters, both being products of the Shimmer in some kind of way, she's mutated. He is an organic form of it. And I I equate it back to the whole cell thing, the cell motif that uh, they were doing throughout the movie, which is, you know, 
two one cell becomes two cells and two cells become four cells. I think what by the end of this movie, what those characters will eventually end up doing is continuing to grow. But how I don't know whatever that I don't know if that means babies or just duplicates of themselves. But I think they will continue to do what the giant bubble dome was doing, but in a different way. And uh, you know, then again, they could just both become big black holes. So, uh, so I that's the way I took it. Um, any other things you guys want to touch on before you go to recommends, though? Um, one thing that really like interests me and kind of maybe raised a question for me is right because when when humans die, it's usually because of our cells going to the end of their lifespan and self destructing. So because Oscar Isaac's character and Lena both have so many of those cells inside of them to kind of make them keep on. The cells will keep reproducing, so does that mean they won't ever die? Because their bodies will never fail. True. So until something really, like, they can be killed, but they won't die natural deaths. I was very curious about that. You gotta burn them, apparently, with a flash. You gotta burn gun. them. Well, let's, let's go ahead and end it there. <laughs> uh, Recommend or not recommend for Annihilation? Ten out of ten recommend. <laughs> I I definitely recommend this movie just because like even if you aren't too interested in the the themes behind it like we were, it's still a crazy movie with intense scenes and a lot of emotion, and it's fucking spooky as shit sometimes. That is all true. Um, for me, I'm, I had a tough time by the end of this because I was like, I was with it and then I wasn't. And I have major faults with just the enjoyment factor. I love talking about this movie. I could, I would watch it again just to talk about it. Uh, I, I feel like that's a theme for all of these cosmic horror movies, but with this one specifically, I, I don't know. I don't, I was having trouble if I recommended it or if I recommend it or not because on an entertainment level, this movie is slowly paced and it's it's it it's got good moments, but a lot of it feels like weirdness at the end, and it takes a lot of just like digesting to really enjoy this movie. Uh, it's very hard. I feel like it's very hard to watch just on a base level. You have to really like invest yourself into it. But on the other hand, like I said, it's really it's it's fun to talk about. It's fun to kind of like look at it because it's it's very pretty it's very detailed so does does that does that mean i recommend it i'm gonna go while i say overall i like the movie i can't recommend it to anyone just because it's it's not dense but it's got a lot of like it's got a lot in it but it takes a while to get there for me so overall, I don't think I would recommend this movie, but Too much edging. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, because at the end it's kind of like, oh, and then you're just more confused, and then you kind of have to think about it, you know. So I don't know. It, I, again, I think enjoyment wise, I can't recommend it, but if you really want to like look into something with. Uh, you know, like you were saying, higher consciousness or just on a cellular level, p- pun intended, 
it's a fine movie. I think it's fine. I think there are other movies out there that do this way better, which is why I can't fully endorse it. But, uh, yeah, it's a not recommended for me personally. But I mean, I think, yeah, I, I see how you could you could find it hard for other people to enjoy it, even if you've enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. Just looking at it in a subjective way, I can see that. Yeah. Now, if we want to get into details, then there's tons of stuff to recommend. But again, I feel like there are other movies that they may not come as far as this one does, but they do it little better. I think that's fair. This yeah. is fair. These are some valid points. Alright, so that's the end of our show. That's the end of our January series, guys. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Shelton, you've been here before, but Hector, congratulations on your first series on the podcast, man. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's been it's been a fun old ride, and we're gonna keep going. Um, after this episode, me and Shelton and a special guest Solo have a special episode on the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina that'll follow this episode. And then after that, we'll probably be off for about a week or so, and then we're getting back into some basic horror things. But with equally deep commentary uh, for the month of February, Black History Month, we are covering some. Bleh. horror not necessarily horror movies but movies that feature a black a very strong african-american commentary uh two of which are horror movies and then one of which is just a really fun movie about historical horror that's what i'll call it uh okay so yeah that's our show uh thank you for listening to the murderboard podcast if you want more of the Murderboard podcast, you can find us on Instagram at murderboard underscore pod and on Twitter at murderboard the. There you can ask questions and leave comments about the show. Don't forget to share this podcast with your family and friends. You can find us on most of your favorite podcast networks such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and right here on Anchor. Uh, also consider supporting the podcast and helping sustain future episodes such as this by hitting the support button slash link down below in the show notes. Look for new episodes on Fridays and Sundays, and we will catch you again on the murder board. Or in the shimmer, I don't know. We'll catch you again in the shimmer. <laughs> Did this movie take place in Florida? I feel like it takes place in Florida, and thus it makes a lot of sense. I think Probably. it does. A lot of stuff goes down in Florida. All right. Florida, man. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>